Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season three. It's episode four. Shota Imanaga in the Cubs Con 2024. All right. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on all the social platforms, Fly the W on 670. Twitter, Instagram, of course, it's on Facebook. And, of course, you can email Crowley and I on flythew670 at gmail.com. Crowley, happy Cubs Con Eve. Yes, sir. I'm going to record this. I'm going to put this out. And then the next stop for me is uh, the Sheridan Grand in Chicago. Very nice. Very nice. Get there before the snow. Yes, sir. I'm going to sit there and get there before the snow and we'll go ahead and see what we can do. Very, very cool. All right. So Crowley, on the last episode of Fly the W, we talked about the uh, Japanese pitcher, Shote Imanaga, and he had until, go ahead. Yeah, Shota Imanaga, he had until January 11th to sign with the team or else he would have been returned to Japan. So, Dustin, this is where it gets really interesting, right? You know, we're kind of like, eh, see what happens. The Giants, the Cubs, the Red Sox, and the Angels were the finalists. But on Tuesday, and this is where it got interesting for me, news broke that the Giants were out. And on Tuesday, Bob Nightingale, our guest on the last podcast, broke the news that the Cubs signed Shoto Imanaga. So, I mean, this is absolutely a, a stunning move, Dustin. And, uh, you know, just there's there's a lot of excitement over this signing right now. Oh, super exciting. I think I like this much better than Stroman for one more year. I think it makes a ton of sense. I like the contract. I like everything about it right now, Crowley. Yeah, you know, we talked about it before. If things go good, you could end up having a solid number two. If not, is it a horrible thing to have a number three? You can never have too many pitchers. So I think as far as all of that is concerned, I think that that's really kind of key right now. So we're just going to kind of watch this and see what happens. But uh, this is definitely exciting. And so as you kind of take a look here, Dustin, we found out the deals about the contract. And this is where things kind of get very interesting. The deal is a four-year, $53 million deal. But after two years, the Cubs have the option to extend that contract to 80 million over five years. Okay. Now, if the Cubs choose not to exercise that option, if they say we don't want that, then Imanaga has the option to become a free agent and he could opt out. Same after the third year. So after the second and third year, if the Cubs don't uh, give him five years at 80, then he can opt out if he wants to. So right now, I mean, you know, both teams, if you're taking a look at this, have the option of, um, both teams can, if it doesn't work out, they can walk away. I, you know, it's really rare that you see opt-outs right. that work good that for way. Both, this, is, this is good for both sides. Ton of motivation, obviously, for 
Uh, the pitcher, right? He wants to eventually earn that 80 million or even more money as a free agent. So he's going to be super motivated. And this is a good deal for the Cubs at 13.25 million, adding another lefty to the uh, rotation. And then it takes guys that were maybe penciled into the rotation. You move them to the bullpen and it strengthens that part of your team. And the thing too, Dustin, that I take a look at for me is, is that you take a look at some of the other contracts and we've been kind of like scratching our heads at some pretty mediocre pitchers making 13, 14, $15 million. I, I think for the Cubs, they, they ended up getting a guy that's much better than what a lot of people signed for more money. Oh, absolutely. I, I, this, it seems like it's almost too good to be true, Crowley. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> well, there's it's official. The Cubs announced it on Twitter. So one. No, I mean, it just seems like there's got to be something that we're not picking up on. I know it's official. I know he passed the physical. I know tomorrow he will interview with the media ahead of CubsCon. You'll see him at CubsCon. I know all of that. But something just doesn't seem right. Also, also John Heyman told us on the Mully and Haw show, somebody else reportedly offered him double what the Cubs offered him. He still came to Chicago and he's been in Chicago since before Christmas. Yeah. Now we have no idea who that mystery team was. And I am disappointed in myself. I did not see him at the winterland. I did not see him at output. <laughs> I did not see him in any of the places that I want to go. So something, something's goofy on that, but yeah, Dustin, who do you think is the mystery suitor? For the Cubs, I mean, this is again, we talked about San Fran, we talked about some of the other teams as far as the Angels and the Red Sox. Who would have offered him double? And he said, No, that's what I would like to know. I mean, is San Francisco still continuing to have their run of bad luck? If I had a guess, I'd say the Giants. I don't think the Dodgers, I don't think the Angels rather have that kind of money right now. They wouldn't spend it that way if they did. I think the Giants, and I think he thinks he has a better chance to win, develop and create a higher profile for himself by pitching with the Cubs than he does with the Giants. Well, you know, I, I did, and this is something that I hope our listeners saw. I had a live podcast the other day after the news broke, and we talked to Evan Christie. He's an expert on Nippon Professional Baseball, which is the league in which Shota plays in or played in, and uh, he uses the handle Gaijin guy. And, you know, he's Gaijin baseball, I mean, and he, and he knows a lot about this. And what he told me, Dustin, and I know you weren't the biggest fan of the signing, but you Darvish, he said a lot of players really look up to you Darvish and you Darvish has done nothing but talk up the Cubs. And so I think in that regard, I think that the you Darvish signing is absolutely humongous and was one of those things that is paying dividends, whether it was with Shohei, uh, whether it's Imanaga right now, I, I think it's huge. And, you know, when you hear this interview with, with Evan Christie from Gaijin Baseball, you know, we talk, he profiles a lot about what Imanaga has and certain things like, you know, Dustin, I saw him in the, in the world baseball classic. I saw him pitch two games. I can't make a, you know, a really good call on what the guy offers based off of two games, but Evan's seen him plenty of times and knows a lot about him. So I'm hoping that this interview really kind of helps people understand what the Cubs are getting. And I think some of the things you hear, like he's a fly ball pitcher. Well, Evan tells us, well, he played in a park that is a fly ball hitter park. You know what I mean? Kind of like Cincinnati. So where a lot of home runs are given up. So I would say more than anything, I think that there is a lot to be excited about with this signing and Evan will have plenty to talk about it in this interview right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been waiting all off season for Jed Hoyer to make the big move and for us to call an emergency podcast. And it has happened Tuesday, January. What do we got here? Six. And uh, no, ninth on the ninth. And, and we have literally only like 
three days before CubsCon. I can't believe this is happening. And so I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Shota Imanaga is a guy that I haven't seen pitch a lot. So I figured I would get somebody that has seen him pitch plenty. And that is my friend Gaijin Baseball. You can follow him on Twitter. And he is a guy that studies all sorts of NPB history. Gaijin, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, and you know, for, for you this season, there has been so much going on with the different Japanese players that have come over, whether you're talking about, obviously, everything that happened with Shohei Otani, Yamamoto going to uh, the Dodgers, and now Imanaga. It's, it's, it's you know, between the World Baseball Classic and the offseason, it's really done a lot to promote uh, baseball as far as people being aware of what's happening in Japan. Yeah, absolutely. It's been uh, it's been a great year for that. Um, World Baseball Classic immediately kind of brought it back into the limelight uh, in many ways because you know Japan is meddled in every World Baseball Classic, but this was the first time. This is their third title, uh, and uh, the fact that they won it with um, only three uh, guys with MLB experience was something that took a lot of people off guard. And that I thought was pretty, it was pretty cool. And it, it helped really kind of establish NPB as a league to be taken seriously in the North American consciousness, which now, is. Uh... Yeah, absolutely. And when you, and when you talk about that, everybody remembers that final at bat when you had Mike Trout versus his teammate Shohei Otani. But for people that don't remember the guy who started the gold medal game, right? Shota Imanaga. And so here he is now on the Cubs. And uh, tell us a little bit about the NPB League for those people that may not be familiar with it. Yep. Uh, NPB is a 12-team league, uh, officially founded in 1950, even though it was a restructuring of a previous league called the JPBL, which had been around since 1936. Uh, 12 teams in that league split up into two sub-leagues, the Central League and the Pacific League. Think of the Central League as the old NL. They're the last uh, league, major pro league in the world that does not use a DH. Uh, which is uh, a point of pride for them at this point in time. And um, the teams are spread out all throughout Japan. They used to be very localized. They're now, you know, all over. Um, you've got uh, the Chunichi Dragons in Nagoya, the Hanshin Tigers just outside of Osaka, the Hiroshima Tokyo Swallows, Tokyo Giants, uh, Yokohama Bay Stars, which uh, Imanaga came from. And then in the Pacific League, you have the Chiba Marines, Fukuoka Hawks, Hokkaido Fighters, uh, Tohoku Golden Eagles, Saitama Lions, and Oryx Buffaloes who play in Osaka. Uh, that was that'd be Yamamoto's team. It's a it's a very deep league with a lot of rich history, and it's uh, quite frankly, uh, like even even uh, with all with the three uh, WBC titles, it's it's still quite an underrated league, and I think it's uh, partially their own fault because they don't make it uh, well. Half the league doesn't make it easy to watch, but. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's it's great fun, and I think it's a league a lot of people should be paying more, much more attention to, and and thankfully this year we've seen that. Well, you know, I woke up this morning, and as I'm looking around trying to figure out, everybody's talking. Okay, there's four teams that are looking at Imanaga. You got San Francisco, you got the Cubs, you got the Red Sox, and you got the Angels. And, and we saw Otani decide to stick with the West Coast, going a little, going to the Dodgers, and we saw Yamamoto follow him. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, Angels, 
San Francisco probably. I, I kind of just didn't think. But then when I'm looking at Twitter and I saw that the Giants dropped out and that the Cubs were still in it, I'm like, okay, 33% chance, not bad. How shocked were you when you found out that Shota Imanaga has come to an agreement with the Cubs? Uh, I was, I was, I was kind of, I was a little shocked. I, I wasn't particularly shocked uh, because the Cubs are almost always in on, on Japanese players ever since uh, Fukudome first came over uh, back in 2007. They're, they've always kind of been hanging around the conversation. Uh, they obviously got Seiya Suzuki as well uh, recently. And um, it was, it was one of those things where we knew Imanaga was going to sign. We knew that the, no, like MLB was not going to let, uh, you know, an ace caliber pitcher of his, of his stature uh, go untaken. So they had to they had to figure out something. And I, I didn't I expected the Cubs to be aggressive, much like I expected the Red Sox to be aggressive. It was just going to be, you know, it was going to come down to um, one of those two teams. I never I never saw the Angels as, as taking it seriously. Uh, so when it was like when when San Francisco dropped out, I'm thinking, well, 50 50, it's Red Sox or Cubs. Uh, could be very interesting to see where he goes. And uh, he ended up on the Cubs, which is honestly, um, some people are trying to make a make a deal out of it. Like, oh, his home run rate, this and that. Uh, it's not going to be as bad as you think it is. And that's something I've been I've been putting out, um, putting out there when trying to trying to uh, tell people because he played at Yokohama Stadium. And if you know nothing about Yokohama Stadium, it is the most homer friendly park in NPB. Outside of maybe Meiji Jingu Stadium, which he also spent a lot of games at because that's another Central League park. So having a high home, like a high fly ball rate and still managing to keep your home run rate uh, like at or above league average at a place like Yokohama Stadium, that tells me he's, he's more of a pop fly pitcher than a, than a you know fly ball pitcher, especially because his out, the outfield defense in Yokohama has... Uh, been very hit or miss these past few years. Now I, I'm excited because hey, when the wind's blowing in in April and May, maybe you know he'll be nice. It'll be nice and easy for him, and he'll get you know it, he'll start to feel comfortable at Wrigley Field. Now you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, Fukudome was with the Cubs, and then obviously uh, Seiya Suzuki's on the team now. And for Cub fans, we were all hoping that Seiya would be at the World Baseball Classic and try to get uh, Shohei or to come to Wrigley. <laughs> Do uh, Seiya and uh, Imanaga have any kind of connection or played on a team before with each other? Uh, I believe they were on the Olympic team together in uh, 2020. Well, 2021. Um, or wait, was never mind. Uh, so this is going to make me seem like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seiya Suzuki, just pulling that up. Yeah, they were on they were on the uh, 2020 Olympic team together and um well 2021 2020 in air quotes. Um and um they they're around the same age. They've come up on the na national team in Actually no, he wasn't on the Olympic team. Uh sorry. That's my my bad. Um like they they've come up around the same age. I believe they were on the they were both on the 2019 Premier 12 team. Sorry, not the Olympic team. Uh, and, uh, you know, coming up around, like being star players coming up around the same age, they're going to end up on the national team together quite a bit. And um, even though they played for rival clubs, uh, I think that, you know, especially guys 
like like Seiya and Darvish did have some pull in in bringing Imanaga to the Cubs because like like I've I, I told you before we were shooting this every player who every every NPB player who played for the Cubs you know talked about how good of an experience it was they are one of those teams that treats their NPB players right uh, as opposed to some other teams which tend to um, sign for the publicity and then realize oh well, well we didn't know what we were going to do with them like the Reds did with uh, Shogo Akiyama so it's um It, it, like to say these guys don't talk is is you know <laughs> right is, it's just uh, it's like yeah, yeah even just like american mm -hmm. players and, and latin players you know they're going to be talking about what's the best place to go in facilities and mm -hmm. whatnot and and to me I, I think this is there's two things about this i think of number one is imanaga is going to know somebody i mean it i think people yeah. don't understand how difficult it is not just to come to a new country a new league but baseball is one of those games where everybody's kind of talking with each other in the locker room. That's part of the fun of baseball. Yeah. And and to not really be able to communicate with your teammates has got to be tough. So to have somebody that he could just kind of lean on, I think I think that's going to be really good. I think it's going to help both Imanaga and I think it's going to help say a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely, it like, it was part of the reason why, um, the Mariners were always so big on bringing in Japanese players when they had Ichiro, they brought in Kenji Jojima, they brought in, uh, you know, Shigatoshi Asagawa, they brought in, um, uh, all these guys. It was to keep that kind of core nucleus around Ichiro, keep him happy and, and do all that stuff. And, and Hey, you know, you play better when you're comfortable. And it's why we often see in 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 Japan as well. When a foreign player first comes over, you're at a much bit greater advantage if you are playing on a team that has a veteran foreign player, a guy who's been there for a few years, knows the deal, can help you navigate the weird new country. And it's it's very similar with um, with uh, Japanese players coming over to MLB, having a a Japanese MLB vet on your team, even if he's only been there for a couple of years, is a big big selling point and it's kind of an underrated selling point too now my question then here is for all the cub fans that are out there and said okay we got imanaga now what what does he feature what are the what are his pitches what does he kind of lean on and is there anything very unique about the way his style of pitching he's uh he's mainly a a um fastball mainly a fastball pitcher uh but he does work in a slider and a curve and a change uh at around 15 percent each um, actually, no, uh, his fastball, his, his slider and his curve were about 15%. Sorry, slider and his change percent. Uh, he works in a, a curveball around uh, 8 to 10% of the time, depending on the year. Um, he works a lot, you know, he, he works uh, a lot um, around the corners. He's, his zone percentage is around 48 to 49%, depending on the year. But he's, he's someone who very much sneaks up on a lot of guys. Uh, he'll, his, uh, inside the zone swing percentage is only around 65%, 65 to 68%. Uh, so he, he'll be able to freeze you on a much, um, on a much more, uh, you know, uh, consistent basis than uh, most guys. And he also has a fairly, his, his whiff percentage has gotten, he's been going up steadily throughout the years. And he led uh, NPB in strikeouts, all of NPB, not just the Central League uh, this past year. He, um, he, uh, okay, sorry, sorry about, I'm um, just running through stats, uh, here, I got that all up on my screen, uh, 
he does, he's been getting more and more outside swings. He's been working a lot more um, around that corner. Around the corners. And uh, he's, his fastball movement is something that has been praised a lot. It has a lot of break on, like, well, break on a fastball, but it, it it's a fastball that moves. Right, and, I heard it's got he, some rise to it. Oh, yeah, it's got some rise to it. It's what some people find concerning. Uh, because he he does post he does put up a high fastball in a lot of places and that may fly in uh, NPB and it may not fly in MLB. We shall see. I I think the whole flyball problem is uh, slightly overblown. Uh, given that uh, his home run to flyball percent is um, you know it it's only around you know most of the time it ha- hangs around eight uh, percent, but it's gotten as low as three point two percent. And that was in 2020, and that was before uh, the massive uh, dead ball that we see right now in NPB, um, which is why it's allowed guys like uh, Yoshinobi Yamamoto to put up a historic season like he did, you know, putting up, uh, getting close to, you know, Buffalo's team records that have stood since World War II, you know. Yeah. Uh, Imanaga's team is not that old, so, <laughs> um, so he's not quite approaching uh, the records of, you know, the greatest um, Bay Stars pitcher of all time to be Kazuhiko Endo and uh, Noboru Akiyama, guys who pitched in the 80s and the 60s. Uh, but he is up there with those two guys in uh, in terms of his, his value to the franchise and what he's been able to pull off. Uh, another thing is you won't really have to worry about pitch clock, adjusting to a pitch clock, because his uh, tempo is already around 15 seconds between pitches. And that's when he doesn't need to, you know, hurry it up. So it, it shouldn't be too much of a stretch for him to, you know, get into the swing of things uh, in MLB. And uh, and the fact is, he got to yeah. face some of these guys in the world again, the World Baseball Classic, which I think yeah. is kind of cool. Is that you get a little bit of confidence that you're playing some of the best players in the world in that, and and he definitely held his own. Yeah, he absolutely held his own, and. Um, as far as a pitcher, though, yeah. would, would you consider him maybe like, you know, obviously we have our, our ace, our number one pitcher, two, three, four, five. Where would you say like on a, on a good team he would probably slot in as? Uh, on a good team, uh, he probably slots in as around a, a, a three. I think is probably the best place to put him. He'd be he, he's a solid number three starter. Um, you know, he'd be an ace on a on a much worse team, but the, the Cubs aren't like a much worse team, obviously. Uh, so I, I'd expect him to be, you know, your three starter, possibly move up to two if he can really get his sea legs under him. But once again, rookie rookie season in a new league, you're going to have a, you're going to have an adjustment period. Uh, my, my advice to Cubs fans at, at like at this point is you have a great player. Be patient. Just remember to be patient because some guys take more time to adjust than others. I think you you shouldn't judge it. Like if he, if he has a couple bad starts in April, uh, don't don't judge him on that. Wait until yeah. yeah wait until I was gonna late. say that you know it's 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 Wrigley is such an unusual park because it plays like such a pitcher's park in yeah. in the in the early spring and in the late fall but in the rest of the time it plays like a hitter's park so that's why I was saying earlier like you know when that wind's blowing in off Lake Michigan the only thing I'm worried about is is that in Japan they play in mostly domes correct yeah but uh Imanaga plays in Yokohama Stadium which is open air 
So, uh, and the Central League has uh, more open-air stadiums than domes. Yeah, four open-air stadiums, two domes in the Central League. So he he's very much used to kind of playing in that environment. And I believe uh, the wind coming in off of, if I can just pull up a map uh, real quick. Well, I know with Seiya, yeah, you could put, pull up that map. But with Seiya, he, you know, they yeah. always joke around that when he came to visit, it was actually super warm out. And so he felt like the Cubs tricked him, like jokingly. But, but you know, <laughs> not used to the cold. So I just don't know, you know, is Imanaga going to be used to the cold or is it going to take a little uh, bit of adjustment as well? He, um, he played in Yokohama, you know, kind of right on the day. But Yokohama does get stinking hot in the summer. And um, just a second. Yokohama State, yeah, like Yokohama Stadium actually has uh, the problem of the ball, the wind blowing out. Uh, so once again, it it brings up the um, the home run problem that is there because um, the wind blows in off Tokyo Bay and blows up north and uh, Yokohama Stadium faces northeast. So I think um, once again, it's one of my things that where I, where I put to like the home run problem is a little bit overblown. Um, once again, um, you know, but the, with the thing with Imanaga is he's not going to blow you away with, you know, velocity. That's not his, his, his shtick is his velocity is right around average, but he does have some of the best stuff you will ever see his stuff. Plus like, people were tracking his stuff at the world baseball classic. And they said it was some of the best they'd ever seen. And it, it what leads into how he can have an average fastball velocity, but still have, you know, 96th percentile XFIP, a 96th percentile K percentage. Um, he barely walks anyone. He like, he gets a lot of outside swings and a lot of outside, you know, a lot of outside swings and misses. His contact percent is not it. Like I can, I can send you um, real quick um, a uh, something that uh, Cardinals Reek put together uh, based on his Delta Graphs data. That right. uh, I think is. Now, the one thing I was going to ask you mm -hmm. is when, when the Mets signed Kodai Senga and everyone talked about the ghost, ghost fork ball and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think that the Mets, I was kind of watching to see okay, how are the Mets going to deal with this situation? Um, you know, as far as in Japan, they don't play as many games. Is that correct? Yeah, they and, play 143 games as opposed to 162. Right, and, and and there's not all the traveling that there is as far as, mm -hmm. you know, like cross-country traveling. And like, is there like, you know, you're basically in one time zone. And yeah. so I thought that the Mets did a really good job uh, handling Kodai Senga and making sure to get him kind of six day rest. And I heard that even the Dodgers were thinking about going with a six man rotation with Yamamoto. Do you think that fatigue might be a problem at all with Imanaga? Uh, it, it may be, but once again, Imanaga had one of the like Imanaga routinely pitches like a hundred. He's pitched 140 innings these past these past couple seasons. Uh, he's gone up to 170 before in 2019, and that was the best season of his career. He is used to a workload. Uh, he didn't have to be the ace last year as much as he as much as he had been previous years because you had, you know, obviously Bauer over there as well as a breakout season from Katsuki Azuma that helped take the load off him. Uh, and he well, won't have to be the ace in Chicago as well. 
because that's kind of the thing is is he can he's going to be a lot more load managed than he was because the thing about uh, his his manager in Yokohama Daisuke Miura is Daisuke Miura is a little bit more happy to have pitchers go long. That's kind of his shtick because that's what he did when he was the ace pitcher of the Yokohama Bay Stars. He would go long all the time, and um, he he is he is prepared for the grueling schedule that it would be as prepared as he's ever going to be. And it's up to the Cubs to just make sure that they're, you know, that they can communicate with him on this and make sure that, you know, if he, if he is starting to feel the fatigue, run him on a six day rest thing, you know, try and get him up to that speed. And then, you know, this is a question that we got in here from jungle. Steve, try not to get hopes up, but maybe see his press, Friday for Cubs con. Cause I think he's, he's doing his physical, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. we're now in the, in the point where everybody's got, you know, to look at the medicals, do a physical and stuff. So if he's going to be here Thursday, my guess is he doesn't just take the physical and jump on a plane. Do you think that the Cubs would, you know, or do you think that Imanaga would be interested in seeing what the, a fan convention in the United States would be? Because honestly, a lot of Japanese players, I understand they want to be with their mm-hmm. families. That's a really long way to travel for a three-day fan fest, but he's here. It might be something pretty cool for him to kind of be a part of. Oh, it would be cool. I mean, uh, fan fests are something that uh, all NPB teams do postseason. They grab a, grab a bunch of their stars together. They fill up their stadium, and they just kind of have, like, you know, events, games, kind of, like, small little competitions or even uh, even a talent show. There was a, there was a thing where... Um, a Tokyo Giants reliever at this year's Fan Fest sung a beautiful acoustic cover of a uh, famous 80s Japanese pop song and had the whole crowd at the Tokyo Dome just kind of like go, oh my God. Like you hear you hear the crowd audibly gasp when he starts singing because he's actually good. So like Fan Fests are not something he wouldn't be familiar with, you know? And, um, you know, if, if, <laughs> if, if, if he wants to do something like that, that's him. I can't speak to him, obviously. But I, I don't think he'd be too uncomfortable by the notion, you know. Yeah, they, I'm just telling you, there's a bunch of crazies here. I am, I'm one of them, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's a. Uh, we get a little bit uh, wound up. It's, it's right now. It's about uh, 31 degrees, and we've had about like three to four inches of rainy, slushy snow. So we're, we're ready to cut loose. So I think Imanaga <laughs> might be surprised. You know, one thing you and I also talked about is the fact that I, I, I wish Cub fans would realize how important you Darvish was and 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 you know you darvish carries i i feel he carries like a lot of weight among other japanese players and he was a guy who was here a couple years and he was hurt one year and didn't really do that well and then all of a sudden he was in the running for cy young he was close to cy young and trevor bauer won that and uh i just sat there and i said to myself man you know when he was healthy he was absolutely phenomenal and not only that though i feel like Look, he doesn't have to tell everybody, oh, Chicago's great, Chicago this. He could say whatever he wants. It doesn't matter. But I feel like he always, every time I hear him talking about Chicago and talking to other players about Chicago, it's in a positive light. Positive light, yeah. Uh, he's the he's the reason you guys have Saya. Flat out. He's he's the reason. He was the kind of he was the guy who got in Saya's ear and basically said, Hey, Chicago's a great place to play. They want you, they'll give you the time to you know, figure yourself out. So I, th- I think that there's the thing of like, you know, everyone likes to fancy their team as a contender, but there are some players that need it, some Japanese players that need to have that experience of playing on like a mid pack team where there's not as much expectations going into it. 
you know, I, I don't want to like I say the Cubs do have expectations this year, but like it's it's not like you know Yamamoto going to the Dodgers where the pressure is on him day one perform or you are going to you know face the wrath. Right. This and and again, when you take a look at the contract, it doesn't look like it's 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 going to be. I don't know, you know, if it's uh, that I think earth Morosi, shattering. Morosi was saying something in the fifteen million dollar per annum. Range. Right. And, and honestly, when you talk yeah. about 15 million, there's a lot of very average to mediocre pitchers getting like 12, 13. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a whole thing with, uh, you know, the, the absolute steal the Mets got with Kodai Senga, you know, partially because of his age. But like that, like, you know, 15 million dollars for Imanaga. That's a very, you know, solid, you know, that that that's something that puts, you know, it, it, it gives him obviously the payday, but it also like tempers expectations he's not like the face of the franchise kind of player he doesn't need to be even though he's been that before and he's used to that kind of pressure he doesn't need to be in chicago and that that's honestly great for him and great for him getting his sea legs under him which is something that yeah yeah one more question i really had for you i know that we talked a little bit one knock on him was the home run ball or at least the, the fly ball rate but the other concern i think with imanaga and the reason he didn't get the massive contract that you know some people thought he might have is concerns about a shoulder injury. What could you tell me about that? Um, when it comes to his shoulder, um, I believe that was back in, um, back in 2020, he only pitched 53 innings. Uh, he's been steadily building it back up. Uh, once again, we'll, we'll know the state of it with the physical. Um, I believe if I can pull this up real quick. Sorry if I'm constantly pulling up data. This this was this is just as much of a uh, <laughs> surprise a, for you as it was. Yeah, for it's us, just right? as much of a surprise for me as it was. Um, uh, he 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 did a cleaning surgery on his left shoulder back in 2020. Um, in the off season, he uh, quickly, you know, got back up to speed by you know once again by 2022 he was pitching 140. He he was back to being a qualified starter, pitching at least 143 innings a year. Um, and he, he built it back up to 148. He is, you know, good to go. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't ignore it, but I wouldn't be super concerned about it at this point in time. Um, unless, you know, the Cubs find something at the physical and we've got like a, a Carlos Correa situation, which I hope not oh, for God. your sake, <laughs> <laughs> for your sake. I hope we don't have a Carlos Correa situation. Uh, yeah, the way it's been here, um, you know, and and just yeah. to kind of give some of our listeners some context. So he's throwing about 140 pitch innings. Justin Steele last year threw about 173. So if that just kind of gives our, our listeners just a little bit of perspective. Yeah. So, you know, it, there, there's going to be some adjustments, like you said, but. You know, all mm -hmm. in all, it, this is not some, you know, a rookie young kid who's kind of wet behind the ears. This is a guy no. who knows how to pitch, who in a lot of different ways has faced a lot of top tier hitting uh, both nationally and internationally. And he should be ready to go day one. Yeah. You have a 30 year old veteran ace pitcher. Is what you now have. what you've got. You, what would you yeah. be? What would be the final words that you would say to Cubs fan when it comes to Shoto Imanaga? Uh, be excited, be excited. You have a solid pitcher. Uh, let him know he's loved, you know, don't like if, if he struggles, don't be too hard on him initially. Cause everyone does, uh, when they're, when they're starting out, it's very rare, like that people come out and immediately dominate also just, you know, be happy, 
you you got someone you got someone solid you have a a solid piece in the rotation you have the uh, knowledge that your your front office is willing to spend uh, especially with some of the bigger free agents still on the market i'd say celebrate this um and uh get ready for the season because you're gonna have a like he's not gonna be the piece that puts you over the top but he definitely helps you be in contention for the nl central well, I really appreciate you guys jumping on, especially at such quick notice. But I, you know, I, I said I, I got to get somebody that really can can speak to Shoto Imanaga, and you really kind of opened our eyes. We got some listeners saying thanks uh, for this, and again, thank you, Gaijin, for jumping on. We appreciate it. Why don't you give out your social media info so that people who want to find more information out about uh, Shoto Imanaga or any other Japanese pitcher can follow you? Yep, uh, I'm on Twitter and YouTube as Gaijin Baseball. Uh, on YouTube, I do, um, you know, deep dives into different parts of NPB history, uh, stuff that I find interesting. I'm actually working on a big project right now, but I won't self promo that too much because that's not my, uh, that's not my place. No self promo, man. I like self promo, man. I'm I'm working on it. I'm working, I'm, I'm working on a big six part project on, uh, the best players from every prefecture in Japan. I'm editing part one as of right now, it's about an hour long and that just covers seven prefectures. (laughs) <laughs> or eight so it's just like uh out, out of the 47 so it's you know it's it, it's a wild ride there's a lot of very interesting people um both you know guys who were superstars and guys who had mediocre careers but still remain very interesting people um uh, for that point like and um you know i do what i do <laughs> on uh, twitter and youtube and uh i also have a small in instagram account all uh username gaijin baseball if you want to check me out um and just so you know my buddy richie here says carly's the best at self promo so i (laughs) I might know all about self promo so you have nothing to worry about gaijin baseball thank you so much for hopping on here and if you decide you want to come see imanaga pitch in chicago you 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 hit me up and we'll grab a couple beers and i'll show you around town I'll, i'll take you to nisei bar the oldest bar in wrigleyville perfect thanks a ton man